Justin the Clue, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of the notable Blu-rays and DVDs every week. Hell yeah. There's a lot of notable ones this week. And they're all week. flying off the shelves, they aren't they? Are, they are. Wow. It's like people are back out and about, you know, going into stores and everything. <laughs> for a little while. For a little while. Yeah, yeah before. For a while. And they're just <laughs> snatching all this cool stuff off of our shelves. So right off from the get-go, we have Dune. Everybody's Dune. got Dune fever oh because God, Denis Villeneuve's yeah. film is coming out soon, right? Very soon. Very soon. I'm very curious. What kind of style is it going to be? Will it be cold <laughs> And kind of distant. And yes. And, uh, frankly, kind of boring. Oh. Oh, I you're taking Don't Even Know on. Wait, no, he, I'm not. Did I, he come I, into the store once? Do you have a Don't Even Know? No. Okay. I've never seen Don't Even Know. I mean, maybe he did at one mm-hmm. point. But so, Dune is uh, not the one that's on sale right now. It's actually David Lynch's Dune, a film that has routinely been a joke, but of course, it has its fans in cult circles. Yeah. Mark's not one of them. And which is shocking because I am definitely the first to say I'm a huge Lynch head. He might be my favorite director of all time. And yet this is the one that I don't know. I mean, I need to give it another watch maybe. But, you know, the couple of times I've seen it when first when I was a kid and then later when I was like in my early 20s, neither time worked that well for me. I think it's I chalk it up more to that. I just don't care about Dune in general as a story. Yeah, I don't really care about Dune either. And for most people that talk about Dune, they're like, yeah, the first book is good. And then there's other ones. (laughs) And and, uh, the author's son took over, too, which is always like, uh uh-oh. One of those things. I mean, maybe you need to read the book. Mm -hmm. Have you read the book? Uh, I've tried, (laughs) like a lot of people. It's that hard, yeah. Yeah, It's not hard. I mean, maybe I'm just not in the right mindset. The saying of like, well, I'm finally going to read Dune is almost like a famous one that people (laughs) kind of trot out all the time. And so Dune, this is the movie version, the Dino De Laurentiis mega production. Everybody Mm -hmm. also knows it because it was supposed to be directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky for a while. See, that is a Dune I would watch. Mm. And that documentary about Jodorowsky's Dune was very entertaining to me. What do you think that one would have had that this one doesn't have? Oh, just like the unlimited kind of like... I mean, clearly he didn't get the funds, but if he had been able to get the funds, the unlimited like funds, creativity, just the no boundaries kind of thing that Jodorowsky mm-hmm. would have brought to it, which I think for like a big sci-fi epic is kind of what I want to see. I don't want to see sci-fi epics that play to like conventions. I'm not saying. That Do you Dune think that is, Dune plays? Good, uh, I'm not saying it plays to conventions. Known as one of the most like, like a studio film. I mean, I've read a lot about the making of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Lynch on Lynch is a great book where he talks about every single movie from his career, and he has a lot to say about how tough the production process process was for Dune, how many people were overseeing him the whole time. And that's not what I really want to see. If I could see a completely unfiltered David Lynch vision of Dune with nobody kind of like telling him what to do, mm-hmm. that I might be a little more interested in. And that's what I feel like Yodorowsky was going for. I'm not saying Yodorowsky's movie would have been good necessarily. It would have it definitely would have been, been compromised. Though. It would have not been the, uh, what, a 13-hour epic that he well, wanted to thing. make? Listening to him describe it in the documentary, like, you're thinking, there's no way anybody yeah. would have ever made this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. And so, finally, it's coming to Blu-ray, and it uh, looks... Oh, it's been on Blu-ray before. In a special edition. In a special edition, which yes. actually has had a lot of stuff on it. Yeah, but... which are all back on here, with yeah. only a few <laughs> handful of new stuff, because, uh-oh, what's that? David Lynch seemed to have stepped his toe into the pool and said, nope, none of these special features, please. Yeah. David Lynch only seems to like Criterion, I think, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like, there was that big hubbub over Lost Highway coming out, which he stripped all the special features off of that, because he didn't like what Kino was doing with it. And now we've got this Dune situation. It's weird, because you would think that he just wouldn't care, but he yeah. obviously cares a lot. Like, I thought he didn't even care 
care about this movie anymore, but <laughs> I guess he does. But you know what? There's still a ton on this set. It's still mm-hmm. a beautiful set. It's not like the Lost Highway situation where there's nothing on it. No. So there's all the stuff that was previously released, and that's probably how they got away with it, which is like, no, this has already yeah, come out, David. Right. You can't stop this. Well, I think Arrow has a deal with Universal, too, because it's like their last Starfighter release or Tremors or something. They've been getting a lot of the bigger Universal movies and porting over a lot of those features. Mm-hmm. So here you have all the stuff that came before, and you also have a few things, like something about the Dune toys. It's on like a different Blu-ray, and they tried to make it look fancy as heck with a new 4K HDR transfer. And there are not one, not two, not even three, but four different separate releases of this from Arrow. Well, okay, so there's Steelbooks, right? So there's these super limited, the one we have in front of us is the fanciest, most limited one that you picked up. Which is only $5 more? Yeah, this is a Steelbook in a box with a huge book or god is dead yeah (laughs) then there's also just that steel book by itself which Mm -hmm. is apparently limited and then there are the two like regular dune releases that arrow does so one for uhd Mm -hmm. one for blu-ray where it's kind of their standard sort of box it's got that like worm sucker thing Mm -hmm. in front and so like the booklet one of them has like just essays in it and then if you get the super deluxe edition you get another booklet that is just like production art just right. let people know no writing in the other one right and posters that let's be honest none of you're going to put up on your no. wall does anybody put up the arrow I want to I want to know out there do people put up the arrow posters I have I we see some behind yeah. I used to put up MBD uh, little posters yeah yeah like right there you know they're cool and this has also lobby cards which are annoying you open and they fall out I'm like yeah. ugh <laughs> who likes lobby cards I've never a lot a of people of cards. <laughs> no, I've not been a fan of uh, them either, but I remember when we put The Dragon Lives Again out and there were lobby cards, people could not get enough it. of those lobby yeah, cards. That's a yet. big collector thing. So yeah, if you like Dune, you're interested in Dune, this is the set that you want to pick up. But I gotta say, if you miss out on the Super Duper Ultimate Edition, all you're really missing out on is a book that you would have flipped through that's once. Well, I will say we are almost sold out of these and we're not getting any more. We were only allocated a certain amount, but like the regular editions are fine. Mm. They've got everything. I was, you're a fan of this movie. Right? Uh, a fan is a strong word. I think I'm fascinated about it more than like sitting down and watching it again. I like the fact that it has like a Toto score. I like Kyle MacLachlan. I actually like the entire cast of this. I like how gross and confusing it is. (laughs) I also find it very dull. Yeah. Like by the end I'm always like Every time I, I do like every once in a while think about rewatching mm-hmm. it again, and then I just remember the boredom that I experienced both <laughs> times before. Maybe it'll be better when you watch it in HDR. Still won't have an HDR TV. Maybe. People were shocked that it doesn't have like any of the Alan Smithy cuts that were released. I, know, I gotta say, right? David Lynch, I think he stepped in. He said, No, no, no. Otherwise, it I'm would. I'm really upset about that. I believe the Blu-ray has the extended version, the it original does. Universal yep. Edition. It yeah. does. Oh uh, no, I was gonna give it away, and now maybe I'm gonna have to maybe hold on to hold it. Hold on to it. You don't fit it in there somewhere. Like package it in. Hey, hey. Stuff. That's what I did with my Pumpkinhead 2 release, did which is, wow. yeah, I have the DVD, yeah. and that has a commentary that's not on the Shout Factory Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, I'm not, I don't need two copies of Pumpkinhead on the shelf, so let's get rid of this case. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark's like, I mean, if you're a real collector, yeah. you keep Wait, both of them. you're a real Pumpkinhead fan. So moving on, we have The Brotherhood of Satan. Now, this is one I'm not that familiar with, but looking into it, I saw, ooh, written, produced, and starring L.Q. Jones, uh, the director of A Boy and His Dog and famous uh, right, Western right. character. Actor. I always forget it's the same guy. This is a so another arrow release here. This is a fairly underseen, I guess, compared to some other movies, a Satanic Panic kind of movie in the 70s. They got a bit of a following, but it's never really been released on any sort of good version. Mill Creek had it out on one of their like 
double, triple, quadruple packs mm. at one point, uh, which I had. I had it on like a double pack with Mr. Sardonicus where it didn't look all that great. I always had fun with this though. It's kind of like your standard sort of like people driving through some sort of rural suburban And they're area. like, what's going there's on? Like, yeah, there's like oh, a Oh no, there's an Ernie like, Borg oh. 9 that comes out yeah, and his yeah, face yeah. is melting. You know, I mean, not like in this movie. Not That's in this the floor, Devil's Reign. But basically to say, yeah, it's exactly like the Devil's Reign, mm. like any Race with the Devil, like any of those movies. It's fun though. I, I have a soft spot for these kind of movies. So if you're not into these. Because you love Satan. I do, I do. Hail <laughs> Satan. Uh, if you don't like these kind of movies, you probably won't get much out of it. But I don't know. I had fun with this. It's kind of that like cheesy, you know, PG rated satanic panic horror. Oh, movie PG rated. Get know. that out of here. I think it's here. PG, yeah. But it's like. It's got a charm to it. It's got a charm. It even mentions the Devil's Reign on the back. So there you go. There you go. So if you like the Devil's Reign, which is absolutely hilarious and probably better than this. Yeah, but I, I don't would. think the Brotherhood of Satan has John Travolta in it, right? No, it does not. It does not. It actually doesn't really have anybody in it that I know. Oh, Strother Martin. It's mm. the only name I'm familiar with. And, yeah, it's directed by Bernard McGeevity. Of course, our favorite. <laughs> I remember looking up at one point, and I think he's done some stuff. The next release, this is the director you love, right? Oliver Stone. My man, Oliver Stone. <laughs> Directing yeah. The Hand. I've never seen this. Did you watch no, it? Really? No, I've never seen The Hand. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, saw it a long time ago. I was <laughs> I was a big Oliver Stone I'm fan. more of a schizo guy. <laughs> Wait, did you yeah, have? <laughs> I've seen schizo. I actually went through a phase where I went through all of Oliver Stone's movies from, like, start to finish. <laughs> did you get that yeah. big? box set that came out no i never had oh that. i had that. i was a little too young for that at that point oh, but what when i was a teenager i was obsessed with like natural born killer oh, like, boo i was never a natural born it. killer fan it. you know what got me on the oliver storm train at What's the time that? u-turn because oh, that movie is so yeah. crazy i remember seeing it it's kind of like watching the evil dead which is like this is just a filmmaker unleashed oh, yeah. like u-turn is very underrated and i wish they would put that out on blu-ray again because twilight time had a very limited mm. release but do you know there's actually a like bollywood remake of u-turn no way. <laughs> yeah really? yeah I'll send you the link. It's from the same guy who did uh, the Bollywood remake of Reservoir Dogs, Conte. Still working in the industry. But this is The Hand. This is in Oliver Stone's early horror Uh, period. Yeah, which didn't last for very long. Like you said, yeah, it's like schizo and this, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I don't know what else. I can't remember. But uh, this one's a lot of fun. I always like this. It's super cheesy. Like, it literally just is what it is. It's about, like, a killer hand. So Michael Caine. uh, And Michael Caine is the lead in this. And he's very, it's in his, like, 80s swarm Jaws the Revenge. So it's like, I have never seen the film, but I (laughs) uh, have seen the house that involved. Yeah, he's really campy. Basically, in the beginning, he loses his hand in, like, or he thinks he, kind of, like, do a dream sequence sort of thing where there's, like, this horrible and he's a cartoonist, isn't he? And yeah, and then he's haunted by like the hand coming back for him. Um, oh wait really a minute! Stuff. Is there actually a killer hand, or is this a, like Michael Caine is actually the killer and he's hallucinating? Oh, Mark I'm put his hands up. Not <laughs> Maybe not. Listen, you know. if you want real killer hand vibes, rent Quicksilver Highway. The no, I've never seen Matt Frewer. Uh, starring Clive uh, Barker adaptation. Right, right. And yeah, because the Matt Frewer one scared me as a kid and it's so dumb. It's basically an episode of Goosebumps. And it's like all his hands decide to like rebel against his body. So you get to okay. see Matt Frewer do the um, Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell, like, no! Right, like the hands yeah, like yeah. picking up knives and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, finally the hand has yeah, gotten I the mean, respect that it deserves from Shout Factory slash Scream Factory. Yeah, and I mean, this was due to come out back in May. So this is one of those <laughs> late shouts that finally arrive and yeah i don't know i just i have a soft spot for this movie it's got some interviews on it. it's got a new interview with director oliver stone he probably just did it from his house right now that yeah. they've got, gotten 
permission well, to doing his like recut JFK documentary. Or... Oh wait, is he redoing JFK revisited? Yeah. He's doing JFK again. Yeah, it can this year. It premiered JFK. Oh revisited, my god! Which, yeah, yeah. I know. Will you still you keep up stop. with all of Oliver Stone stuff? Right. You know, more or less. Uh, wow. I'm not sure if I've. Look, I mean, you're he's spinning an awful, savages. He's an awful person. You're spinning savages for the tenth time. I, I hated savages. <laughs> savages was one that almost turned me off of him because I was really excited to see that in theaters. You're you know, like, but even stuff like W, I like. You finally, M. Emil Hirsch and Taylor Kitsch together oh, at last. Yeah, what a terrible movie! <laughs> oh, even have John Travolta camping it up, and it still sucks. It's boring. W is just not good. I remember I liked, seeing it in theaters. I liked oh, I awful. Liked w. I what about World funny. Trade Center? Boring, largely. Okay. And I like Nick Cage. But yeah, boring Nick Cage. I don't know what he's done recently. Though. Uh, the Putin documentary got... where they watch Doctor oh, Strange yeah. Love. He just does. You know what? I haven't kept up with his recent documentaries. Mm. I think Savages might be the last thing of his I've seen. <laughs> really? That was ages I ago. Know, that was a while ago. But I'm struggling to think of what he's made. You didn't stuff. watch the third or fourth cut of Alexander? Like Alexander, I've, this time I have. it's done. I've watched two separate cuts of Alexander yeah. over the years. There's a third uh, one. He went back once yeah, again. I watched. Yeah, I watched Revisited. Mm. I watched it. Um, you know, a few years back. I did it wait, as a wait, double feature. It was movie. Alexander, and then Alexander Revisited, then Alexander yeah. the Final Cut. I <laughs> so it came there out, is three it, versions. It came out in theaters. Yes. And then there was the director's Just cut, cut yes. which was like shorter mm-hmm. and I think had more homoerotic stuff yeah. in it. Um, and then there was another one. And I think. There was there a fourth it. one? I think there was a final cut. Yes. I feel like there were four cuts of Alexander. <laughs> that is insane. Which is really, and from somebody who's seen it twice now, including the longest one, not a good movie. No. Like, does not need. Colin Farrell, so miscast, looks confused. Worst wig in it, yeah. Worst wig. I mean, I like it for camp purposes, yeah. but not a good movie. Mm, not at all. So moving on, we're going to the Kino Corner, and we got Jules Verne's Master of the World. Mm. And this is notable only because it's directed by my man, William Whitney. Western director. He did a bunch of Roy Rogers films. That's what he's most famous for. He's one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite action directors. And I've actually never seen this one, mostly because it usually gets middling reviews. But listen, Kino put it out on Blu-ray, and I was surprised to see that it stars Vincent Price and Charles Bronson. Yeah, well, this is one of four Vincent, big Vincent Price releases they put out this week, along with the more well-known The Raven, The Comedy of Terrors, and Last Man on Earth. And they've got some more coming up. So I think these were on the Show Factory sets that mm. might have come out already and come Maybe. out of print. Perhaps. You know, snatched up. I wonder place. if they got a new audio commentary because there's two here. Yeah. One by actor David Frackham, which sounds like it's an old one. And then one by Tom Weaver and uh, Vincent Price biographer Lucy Chase Williams. This was also written by Richard Matheson and also features another one of my men. My, of course, my classic man, <laughs> Richard Harrison, the guy that would then be expelled to Hong Kong, where he would star in a bunch of Godfrey Ho ninja films. Oh, there you go. There you go. Connections. <laughs> so uh, nice that it's finally out. And oh, man, this is just a week of my my, my, my men. Your men. Yes. <laughs> Justin's men corner. Because we have a new release of the sadly recently departed Bertrand Tavernier, the French director, mm-hmm. who hasn't really ever gotten that much attention in North America. Like, I've never heard anyone mention him outside of me pretty much getting a little bit more criterion did something yeah but that journeys through french cinema which Mm -hmm. we talked about before has been still selling really people are really 
digging that. So mm-hmm. I think they're starting to appreciate him more. And you can start the appreciation right at the beginning because Kino just put out The Clockmaker of St. Paul. This is his first film. stars Pierre Noiret. And it's basically about a father. His son does uh, what is classified as a terrorist action. Mm-hmm. And it's basically his father trying to figure out why his son would have done that. And in, in the same period, kind of getting like his own revolutionary spirit and understanding where his son is coming from and why he would react in this way. It's great. I mean, I love Vatant Tavenista which is usually like long takes Mm -hmm. and kind of classicism, but also like modernizing up a little bit because he loves old cinema, like French cinema. He wrote an amazing two-volume set called The American Cinema that I look at all the time because it has bios of like C-grade studio directors and like goes through all their films. And unfortunately, that's never been uh, translated into English. But on this set, you get a new English language commentary with him, which he clearly recorded probably right before he passed away. Introduction by Walter Hill. Really? Yeah, who was French. Friends yeah. oh, okay. with Tavernier, and it's not really much. It's, he's basically just like reading off of his computer a plot <laughs> summary of the movie, but it's right. appreciative that he's there. You get two interviews with the star Tavernier and one that was a little bit later in 2008, and you also get a translation of the chapter on the making of this film from his upcoming biography. And if it goes like it's gone before, it will never be translated into English, so you have a chance to read it here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Kino's put out The Clockmaker of St. Paul, and they've also put out... Sunday in the Country, yep. which is another great, yeah. like, one of his best ones. So hopefully they do more, but it's a bummer that he has passed away because he can't do any more English language commentaries. Yeah. Kino, time to do, uh, throw those translations up. I don't think they've ever done that, to my knowledge. Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, but uh, maybe they will. Back in the day, uh, companies like Tartan Asia used to translate commentaries all the time. Moving on, we have The Borer, and it's this week's Blind, Blind Buy. Buy. Woo! And so Mark picked this one. I did. And that's because you're a John McNaughton fan, number one. And I was like, oh, you're a big fan of Mad Dog Time? You're like, no. What about <laughs> the other Bill? Uh, Mad Dog and Glory. Yeah. <laughs> what about the other Bill Murray ones that he did? And you're like, no, not that fa- big a fan. Except for one Except Bill Murray. For- Wild Things. Oh, you love it's Wild Things. Great. I mean, John McNaughton's probably most known for Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which I like, but I'm not, like, crazy. I'm not a big fan. A but little... you are a true crime guy. I am, yeah. And I like... I think I like that's a movie. I like the idea of it more than the execution. Mm. I honestly found it kind of boring and slow when I first watched it. it How like, dare you? I know, when I was getting into hardcore shit when I was a teen. Was Wait, like, what is hardcore shit? Didn't do it for me. You're like, oh, like, give me guinea pig, the new guinea pig. Yeah, no, just like the classic. Wild Things has always been close to my heart. And I mean, I didn't even associate it with John McNaughton when I first saw it. It, you mm. know, it was just a movie that was big when we were growing up. And I, it was just like totally. I only watched it a couple of years ago. Loved really? it. For the first time. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Super 30 underrated. twists. So many twists. They got to pack them in the credits. I can't believe it got such negative reviews when it came Really? Because it it's so I mean, campy it and like reviews, self-aware. But I, like when I went back and read the negative reviews, it's clearly critics that just didn't get it. Starship Troopers all. era. Yeah, it's like Starship Troopers mm-hmm. where it's like he's trying to be campy. Like, yeah. This whole thing is camp. Really funny movie. I saw it theatrically too. They did screening in Toronto. <laughs> oh, no, I saw it at the time. I, know, I wish I could. I was too young. They played it at a like a rep screening mm-hmm. in Toronto and it killed with the audience too. It is so much fun. Uh, so yeah, I've always loved Wild Things. That's probably my favorite of his films. Uh, I've seen a few others here and there, but I've never seen this one, but I'd always heard about it. It had just never really been available on any Yeah, because I think the, bo- the Borer came out because John McNaughton after uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, people were like, what are he supposed to do with them? Yeah, like, what right, kind of movie right. is he supposed to make? It was a huge hit, but yeah. like, uh, So it took, because that movie was made in 87. This wasn't released till 1991. Yeah. And I believe that it was also put 
directly to video. Oh, I read that they did shoot it in 89. Mm. Oh, so it sat on a shelf for a while? Yeah, so yeah, it was his follow-up to Henry, shot it in 89, sh- sat on the shelf for two years. Um, I can't remember exactly if it was like a, uh, like investor or like a studio sort mm. of problem, or they just didn't know what to do with it. But then, yeah, it finally came out. So even though it's like early 90s, it still has that like 80s vibe Yeah, it's a, it. it was a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I think. What did you think about I liked one? it, but I found that it was kind of like Stuart Gordon at half speed. Yep. That you feel like John McNaughton's like, oh, I kind of know how to do this, but I don't really. I mean, a big issue with it is that Ray Dong Chong is clearly the protagonist, the detective that's hunting this yeah. alien menace, and she does not interact with him until the she last 10 minutes. I know. And they also turn her into like a blubbering mess at the end when yeah. she's introduced being super cool and in control. I know. And then and constantly retelling you information. So the movie is about, and it's really funny because John McNaughton. It's a great just, concept. He yeah. just puts it right on the right on Front Street where you see a giant alien creature from the get-go. Right. No like yeah, build up, just like the first cut is an alien creature yeah. on like this big white crazy set yeah. but it's like all white and he's like we're dropping you off on planet earth and to survive yeah. some like so weird this guy he's already been transformed into, into a human, human yeah. at this point so it's just some dude he's talking to and so this alien which looks awesome uh yeah. drops the prisoner on earth and what you learn is the prisoner starts to like he's like the incredible melting man after a yeah. while he's like oh my body can't keep his composition and the only way to continue surviving is to rip off people's heads <laughs> and put them on his do you ever see someone's head get ripped off on screen yeah uh, I believe it happens one time at the beginning. Okay. Uh, I don't think at the beginning, because at the beginning, there's a lot of, of like, no, and the then it cuts f- away. The guys in the field, like the farmer guys? No, I don't think you see the guys. Them? Oh, maybe oh, you, oh, you maybe saw, you do. Like, yeah, yeah, the head come out, because yeah. I remember blood splatter. But you're right. A lot of the time, they don't. Mm-hmm. I was also a little confused, because... I know they they focus on it being the head that needs to be ripped off, but a lot of the time it just seems like he just needs the whole body. Yeah. Anyway, it's not like a specific. But he, it is just the head because he's wearing the same clothes the entire time, isn't he? he is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But then the bodies are like disintegrating and falling apart. I don't know. Maybe don't, the head. There's a lot is of like, logic gaps yeah. that I wasn't totally aware of, but you know, you just go with it. So basically, you follow this alien as it's just kind of like episodic adventures, just hanging out with characters. It's, it's his story. It's, it's not Ray Dongshan's yeah. story. And every now and then he goes no and starts to melt, yeah, and exactly. then he has no other goals than that <laughs> no and he kind of like hangs out like with some of the like homeless people mm. in la yeah and has some like charming moments here and there it's like more a comedy really mm. than anything else yeah, i made I the joke of like oh mom can we rent the hidden it's like you we have the hidden at home and then you get home and you're like it's the four like, yeah. i will say it is like yeah a worse version of the hidden yes um and I agree. I didn't love it. I think it kind of drags its feet after a while. Yeah. It's like once you see what's going on. And like Ray Dong like, Chong is like, wow, they're ripping like... people's heads off. It's like, yes, we know. Yeah, We've like, seen it. <laughs> yeah, all the cop scenes were brutal. And I love Ray Dong Chong. Mm. I was excited she was going to be in it. But they don't. Do no, she does nothing with it. Yeah. It is just a showcase for like the lead guy who's playing. I mean, let's be honest. There's people. one amazing scene in the movie, which is probably the one that people remember, is when the guy's like melting and yeah. he sees a dog and <laughs> suddenly shows up with a dog head yeah. to interrupt a punk music video being shot by Twin Peaks. Machinamic. Yeah, yeah Machinamic. Yeah. Nice, nice little cameo at the end. Yeah, and she yeah. grabs a shotgun and just blows yeah, the dog man yeah, away. Yeah. And I feel like the movie's over at that point, but no, Pretty there's much. more. Yeah, that was kind of the climax. Mm. We didn't even talk about the Ray Dong Chong story. She's also dealing with like a grimy whole Henry portrait of a serial killer guy. Yeah, which I kind of wish they just cut that whole story. Me too. Line, it's gross like, too. There's like rape scenes. And, rape yeah, and yeah. like abuse. And it's like the whole, the whole rest of the movie is just like pure comedy that it's hard and it only exists for at the end that the borrower shows up in the last two minutes with that guy's head he's just like oh and they just shoot him that's it like the 
doesn't give him any no superpowers or anything like that. But did somebody else shoehorn this plot? Mm. In? So would you give it a blind buy recommendation? I might have to say no on this. Oh really? Yeah, I, I didn't think about it till now, and I was like, hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Well, I liked parts of it, but I don't think it's like wholly successful. And I now having seen it, I wouldn't buy it. No, I don't think I'd I buy mean, it. I recommend the I'd recommend the hidden yeah, before that's the board. The thing. Yeah. It just made me think of better movies the yeah. whole time, like the hidden, like a bunch of other stuff around that time. I like his sense of humor. You can definitely see that sense of humor that would later work so well in Wild Things mm-hmm. being used in this. But I think it's kind of early. It's so drastically different in tone from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is like deadly serious mm-hmm. that I think he's still trying to figure out like how to bring comedy into it more it's an interest it's like an interesting watch i don't know if i'd blind by it though. no i don't think so that's a no for me as no well for me a little disappointing <laughs> but i should point out that the back of the blu-ray has no special features but there are actually a bunch and they listen on the screen factory website like a new commentary there's an interview with a special effects guy yeah. and it is a new transfer are they worried people are like i guess they're not worried people are gonna pick it up and be like oh no special features i'm not buying that this. is literally what happened if it had been written i would have bought it when i came yeah, over on right? tuesday but no, i didn't I grab it too and i'm like oh i guess this is just a bare bones release i think what may have happened is they would have had to pull some special features recently which would have caused them to do like a reprint uh, again uh, right. so they may have decided like you know people most of the people buying there's no one that goes into stores and picks stuff up off the shelf anymore that's true other that's than true. like I guess us. if you like this movie you're just yeah. gonna buy it regardless so I actually wrote the wrong thing on the Blu-ray list because I wrote The Vinegar Syndrome Through the Fire which I've watched okay. and it's alright it's a regional horror film what I was thinking of was Whatever It Takes which you also got didn't you? No, oh maybe that? you didn't get it no. it's Andrew Dice Clay it's a Vinegar no. Syndrome archive release. No, we haven't gotten that. Okay. We, have, we haven't gotten any Vinegar Syndrome archive since last year. <laughs> okay, I don't well, think we're getting DSAs anymore, folks. Like um, a court case, please uh, disallow the oh, previous yeah. comment. Yeah, no, no, and that's cool. I could just uh, blow through the through the fire. It has uh, the great fact that it was released as The Gates of Hell Part 2, Dead Awakening. Yeah, I saw that. It <laughs> has nothing to do with it. I do appreciate that on the Vinegar Syndrome release, they added the director's cut and the VHS cut, which had the, you know, like and it's edited yeah. a little bit differently it's a little too slow there's not enough monsters it does have that regional like fun feel of this like a woman is cursed and she has to go to a cop to get help and the cop looks and talks exactly like nathan fillion for some reason <laughs> okay but you're waiting for like one of the demons gonna show up and like a uh, evil hand comes out of a you know garbage um disposal at one point like yeah. in a sink that's pretty much it and on the cover you see who the demon man is it's oh. a guy with a giant yeah, head yeah. and he's like and he can barely move when he walks so. but you know what as a justin and a regional horror fan like it's not what i'm gonna get rid of because i'm gonna be like maybe i want to do the commentary which i always love yep. because they're always like this like the people who made this they only made this this is the only movie they made yeah and those are my favorite blu-rays from vinegar syndrome oh, i agree i mean i feel the same way i haven't seen this yet but i definitely want to um but yeah for these kind of movies even if it's not that great I still like like if you get the filmmakers talking about it I'm like oh I'm in I'm in so much charm so moving on we got Severin and this is really interesting Mm because Severin is getting out of their comfort zone and no I'm not talking about Overboard which was also released (laughs) which we're not talking this week it's bad it's real bad yeah because this is not the one where they like yeah she gets knocked on the head and gets amnesia and he's like you were married to me the whole time or something similar to that pretty regressive stuff (laughs) so this one is Elo de la Inglius Quinquil 
Kowalski collection, and it's a collection of three films. And so this director, I was doing some research on him, super cool, where uh, during like the Franco kind of fascist government, he was still making films mm-hmm. in Spain, and he was like an outright like socialist. So he made like neorealist dramas. Oh, cool. And these three are about like like youth films, like neorealist yeah. like youth films. Supposedly one of them is kind of an action film, and the other one is like two like hardcore dramas about heroin addiction. So I'm like, ooh, this is the kind of stuff that I want these companies to release more often. So maybe I'll pick it up. Well, because I think most people, more people know him for Cannibal Man. Cannibal Man, which yeah. Severin also released, which is and has been selling more because I think people know often only um, talked about because it was a famously video nasty Cannibal right. Man and has an amazing cover of a guy with a cleaver in the head. Yeah, but is, everyone is always disappointed because it's not really a horror film. It's kind of like oh, okay. more of a psychological like. But I've actually never seen Cannibal Man because people have always kind of given it negative reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mostly probably in horror magazines. But I want to check it out because reading about this guy seems to have a really fascinating career and I'm really glad Severin put out a set yeah. like that. No, I want to see this trilogy too. Mm-hmm. I love like teen crime stuff and this is like Havoc right. which we talked yeah. about last week just like havoc right (laughs) just like havoc and they also put out one more of his films this week no one heard the scream which i don't know much about oh really so they went all in on this director in on de la iglesia this week so moving on we have ganya cult of the damned released it's guyana guyana sorry my mistake released not by (laughs) as if i actually cared about i don't care i'm gonna call it whatever (laughs) i want this one was directed by renee cardona cardona jr which is very funny to me because it seems like he knows like we got to get in on that vinegar syndrome actor People love Rene Cardano Jr., right? Uh, no, not really, Kino, no, but... But, you know, he's a name. He's a name. Mm-hmm. I was personally very excited to check this out. Because you to... love true crime films. Yeah, Didn't wanted... you get enough with that um, Ty West one that he did the found footage? I hated that one. <laughs> that was really bad. I saw that at TIFF. But, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a Jonestown movie, a very exploitative Jonestown movie that came out the year after that the whole event a down. year a year after. Uh, Rene Cardano Jr., so rest in peace. Abbott. He died just a few weeks ago. Exactly. Um Good on him. Yeah, good on him. So he made it in Mexico and basically had a bunch of American actors like Stuart Whitman plays Jim Jones. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they actually released it in the U.S. as well, uh, like dubbed. Mm-hmm. Well, basically the American actors were in English. The rest of it was dubbed. It's not official, so they changed the names slightly. But instead of Jim Jones, you know what? Jones Jim? James Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's name is like slightly changed. But, what, what but is, it's exactly the same story. But what is there... Like for there to happen, other than people getting tortured, well, and do they drink the Kool Aid at well, the end? Here's, they do, they do, yeah. and it's pretty funny. They're all like writhing around. <laughs> like, um, the problem is though, and why I'm going to say this is not a good release is this was initially made by him as like a two hour long, like really more hardcore exploitation mm. film, a lot more violence. This is a short version and like abuse in it. Like he really goes. So yeah, he made it in like a two-hour version that really leaned into the exploitative nature of how they were abusing people there, like sexual abuse, violence, torture, stuff like that. When they brought it to America, they cut it down to 90 minutes. They added a narrate. There's a narration through the entire thing from a guy who like escaped and he just basically like talks over every single scene about what's going on and then james <laughs> did this and then they did this and then the person came over here and so then it's the like a storybook yeah it's ridiculous and you never see this guy either yeah. narrating it and yeah it was 90 minutes and they cut out a lot of that it's still rated r and there are a few moments of like nudity and violence in it but it's pretty tame they only have that cut on here. And What's thought, going on? I thought, like, if you're going to release this and you're Code Red, like, putting up, you know, what well, do you want the full exploit? I feel like Code Red That's just what does whatever they get their hands on, and they probably didn't so. have the long version. Yeah, I mean, they got it from, I guess, you know, like, it was distributed by Universal mm-hmm. in the States, and I guess that's the print they got. 
but it's like is, is that version out there i wonder if it is i'm wondering because like so this was put out on dvd before from vci but mm-hmm. it was the same thing it was just yeah. a 90 minute cut so i don't know if the, it, it definitely exists because <laughs> it was played it was shown in mexico mm. but i don't know it's every renee cardona jr film no features really has well, a two hours version i know right and it's like i just wish because with Tintorero, when we talked about mm-hmm. that, like that was they had the longer. Did, cut I don't think they did. No, no, I don't believe they did. Because Tintorero is like two hours long. That's I don't believe true. they included it. So what's the deal? Like if you yeah. release this exploitation filmmakers' films, like because the whole point of this movie is that like they released it right after it happened mm. and it's super exploitative. So like if you're not gonna like go with that, what's the point? Honestly, this was really boring. Oh, that so. sucks. I'm sorry know, to hear I that. Really looking I gotta to say, it. that when Vinegar Syndrome did their set, they put like two cuts if available. So right. like on the uh, Cyclone, yeah. they have the shorter one and the long one. So see, that's what I would have liked because I I think it's I wanted to see the 90 minute cut on here too, but I wanted to see both. Really. Yeah. So moving on. Hey, what's that? Our old friend Vestron has uh, wandered They're into back. the. Yeah. They're still putting stuff out. And so this one is Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat, which. Uh, I will shock listeners to know I never sat down and watched in its entirety. Yeah, I've never seen it either. It's fun. Yeah, it's basically uh, Anthony Hickox took the opportunity of a script that was like vampires in a small town Mm -hmm. and basically made his own John Ford movie. And it's got an amazing cast of like David Carradine, Bruce Campbell. Also, the main woman in in this is the person that starred in Valley Girl. Oh, Deborah Foreman. Yeah, Deborah Foreman is the uh, one that like... She's in April Fool's Day. Yeah, Bruce Campbell kind of befriends. And it's about like... Like good vampires versus evil vampires. They changed the bats. There's a whole bunch of stop motion. Just a delightful time. Nice. It looks fun. It has, yeah, again, crazy cast too. Yep. And thankfully, it's not as cheap as the last Vestron video releases when they were really trying to get people into the fold. No, it's the same price. Is it? They've all been this price, yeah. Oh. Now they're down to, yeah, solid $25. Mm. I thought the last ones were like $18. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just imagining. But yeah, so yeah, $25.95. That's what you pay for a Kino blu-ray yeah, release yeah basically I mean mm. it's better than 6195 or something <laughs> listen what can it do uh, maximum overdrive uh, is that still in print can people still yeah, order it, it and is. it's still 6195 Listen, the Stephen man. King estates, they just cut a huge chunk <laughs> off. I know, right? So moving on, we have a Criterion release, and it is the original cast album Company. And you'd be like, what? Is this like a album or a stage play? No, it is a documentary about Stephen Sodenheim recording the cast album for his play Company. And I got to admit, I've never been a Stephen Sodenheim fan. Can't get into it. Don't understand. Yeah. I mean, you know how I am. You, you hate musicals. General, so I'm, I'm just going to shut up and yeah. let talk through this. Sodenheim has always come off to me as kind of like rich people music. Like it's yeah. like people who go see it's like oh yes I I I enjoy the kind yeah, of the, exactly. the melodic qualities and the way that he uses verse. I even tried to watch there was a version of this a stage play that was like Neil Patrick Harris, Steve Carell yeah, that, that, that came out. Hit. Yeah. But this documentary is great because basically what it sounds like is after the first show they then spend the night recording the cast album. That's how oh, they do it. So it's like a marathon session of like trying to get through this cast album and right. recording it. So it's just like grinding and like miserable for the people. Love it. Great fun. Especially like the film's most famous moment is that like Sondheim is not happy with one of the way someone is singing a song to the point that they actually bring like there's an epilogue to the film that they brought her back in again to sing a part of the song. And guess what? I think they used the original take no. they had done before. So <laughs> this criterion went all out. There's a new commentary with Steven Sondheim on this release. 
as well as an old commentary was D.A. Pennebaker and some of the actors. They included the documentary now parody episode about oh, Company, right. which I That's believe really it's cool. called. Oh, it's called Co-op, which <laughs> and there's actually a musical episode, too. So they're like singing like songs they made up just oh, for really that episode. Cool. I love that they and included that. New interviews with the uh, cast. Yeah, they went all out for this one. So if you have any interest in like this documentary, then I would say check it out. I'm a big musical fan. Why can't I get that Sondheim itch? I know. And I'm like, maybe I have an experience. Like, no, I've tried. I've listened to his, you know, his man of that Tim Burton movie, uh, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Yeah. yeah. What movie is it that they're doing a Sweeney Todd play? And it's like rich people music. Is it a Judd Apatow film of some sort? I just remember like it comes Probably. up throughout uh, the picture. But it sounds familiar. Yeah, it, it does, familiar. doesn't it? Yeah, it's just something so bougie about it. Yeah. Woody Allen-ish, if you will. Like his stuff, like, you know, stage performances that mm-hmm. have come out over the years on disc have always done really well for us. So I just associate it with older folks that like... Uh, what other movie versions have there been of his work other uh, than Sweeney Todd? Was Into the Woods him? Yes. I think Into the Woods. And I saw Into the Woods. Again, it's not... I don't know, man. I just, uh, it's not my thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I know we've just had a lot of, like, Gypsy was a stage production mm. that Imelda Staunton was in. Mm. Show Factory released yeah. several years ago. I don't know. They've released a bunch of his stuff. Oh, I was going to ask you a question of, who wrote the Pirates of Penzance? And you would not know. Yeah. I think it was Gilbert and Sullivan. I think so. Again, another, I, like, I bougie, that, yeah, like... asking me about musicals, I uh, know. <laughs> so, moving on. What do we have here, Mark? This is a new movie. I'll highlight one new movie this week uh, from grasshopper film who i really love because they put out super esoteric artsy weird stuff but this is a really cool documentary called malney towards the ocean towards the store shore i might have mispronounced that but it's a uh on the back a poetic experimental debut feature circling the origin of the death myth from the chinookan people in the pacific northwest uh made by an indigenous filmmaker sky hopinka who i believe uh, is based in canada too hmm. as well as the pacific northwest uh, I first saw this at uh, the Images Festival last year when they were doing – it was all online and everything, and uh, I was covering it and doing some reviews and stuff. I saw it there, and it was one of the best things I saw there. It's just like a really nice documentary portrait of a few different people that live in this region and talking about this myth and how it relates to their own lives. Beautifully filmed, beautifully set in nature. And I just really love it. I just love what Grasshopper puts out. I love they take a chance on, like, small little movies like this that otherwise would, like, never see the light of day past, like, art houses and, like... The Image Festival. Yeah, Yeah. outside of the Images Festival, basically. But they are there for us, Grasshopper. I love you. I love you. you. (laughs) And special features, they've got three shorts from the director as well, because he's done a lot of short work Mm -hmm. and other art, because he's an artist as well, like a general artist. So I would say check this out. If you want like a new movie, new documentary recommendation, go for it. And moving on, what's that? Oh no, I'm falling into a pile of Mill Creek (laughs) Blu-ray. Mill Creek. I love how we, you know, have paired this down to the most notable releases of the week, and yet we still find room for Mill Creek, you know, because why not? (laughs) And I mean, the only one you pulled out was... shockingly, one of them we've sold out of all already uh which is insane to me but but first up before we get to that yeah let's talk about for richer or poor <laughs> <laughs> never seen it you've never seen this movie? no so i feel like i, I am always every tim allen movie when what I was, was going on with tim allen he I had mean, the number one Tom show i feel like every and tim you allen also feel that, that you're the last man standing and that See, the I liberal value went down that <laughs> <laughs> never seen an episode of last man standing. he had the number one book yep 
at the time. He was huge. I mean, every movie that came Good out was Dooley, like Good old Tim see. Allen. Yeah, Jungle to Jungle, For Richer Report. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yep. There were some more around that time. Remember Big Trouble? Yep, I remember uh, Big Trouble. Uh, who can forget as well? Red Belt. The Red classic Belt. Tim Allen you know, film. This movie, I just like the image of Tim Allen and Kirstie Alley and they're like, Amish pose on the front. It's just like always been scarred into my memory from like seeing the poster on the video store all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this was like something I watched as a kid. I don't remember much about it at all. It's no, just, like, it's just this image is just so iconic to me. For uh, it's reason. called American Gothic. Mark, yeah, I hate like, to break it, it to you. Yeah. And then I saw American Gothic, classic <laughs> movie, American Gothic, the slasher, which yeah, the also slasher. has that poster. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Same thing. And wait, what is that double disc set that you uh, can't keep on the shelves because it keeps flying that off? Would be the uh, the Mill Creek double disc of uh, the Watcher, which mm-hmm. would be the two thousands film with. Keanu Reeves. Which I always confused with The Gift, which is directed by Sam Raimi. Raimi. No, no. This one, The Watcher actually has a, well, it's paired with The Skeleton Key. Yeah. Have you never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Yeah. It's like a solid, like, it's not great, but it's a Mm -hmm. solid little, like, voodoo horror movie. And it's got a great twist at the end. It's one of those that has, like, a twist that actually works and throws the whole thing into, like, a more. Really? And it's not like they're dead or it's all a dream or something like that? No, it's like, it's a really fun twist that just makes the whole thing more disturbing than it otherwise would be the watcher though that's got an interesting story behind it because that's the movie it came out right after the matrix right after keanu was like blowing up again and it was directed by some nobody guy that he knew back in film school i believe really so like keanu just gave him a a job got keanu to be in it Mm -hmm. but keanu's not in it a lot he plays a serial killer yeah you don't see him much he's in the is he the serial killer i always thought he was a serial killer in the gift as well just because i got confused between both of them long since i've seen the gift i don't even remember who anybody was in that um but in this yeah, he's a serial killer, and James Spader is the alcoholic. How is James Spader trail? not the serial killer know, in this movie? He's on the trail. Marissa Tomei is in it. She plays a psycho, psycho, mm-hmm. uh, psychiatrist. Sorry. And uh, but anyways, this movie uh, was made with Keanu's blessing, but then it was released, and Keanu was splashed all over <laughs> it like he was the star. Yeah. And I think Keanu Reeves sued. No, the company and everything for basically selling the movie on him when it was really just supposed to be like a supporting role mm-hmm. cameo kind of thing. Isn't he like on the cover, like it's yeah, someone's it's hands? Him. Well, it's him, like in silhouette. Yeah. You can't see his face because it could be anybody, not, not Keanu. Like, he basically stalks like young mm-hmm. women and sneaks into it's typical serial, terrible movie. <laughs> so not good. Well, I saw it as a kid, uh, and you know. As a kid, you like everything. Watch it again. <laughs> Maybe watch it again five years ago or so. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is another shot. Ooh, it's atrociously bad. So, what do you so think is causing those, those discs to fly off the shelf? The Watcher know, or Skeleton no, Key? I have no idea. I mean, when I say causing them to fly off the shelf, <laughs> there was I mean, two there copies. Two copies there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's filled with all those bad 2000. Remember that 2000 stuttering effect? Yes. A lot? Oh, yes. That's all of the Watcher. <laughs> so, you can pick up those at some point. Probably <laughs> so, never. We got more coming in. Do you? I mean, for Richard, like, give us 30 well, more. No, buy for Richard Rapport first because those are not moving. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you believe people aren't into Tim Allen or Kirstie Alley anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always no. Wait, who's the star of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or the original movie? Uh, Not Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Swanson. Kirstie Swanson. That's why I was getting confused. I'm like, is Kirstie Alley the right wing? No, Kirstie Swanson went down a different path of starring in straight to video erotic thrillers with Stephen Baldwin. She did, but so, Kirstie Allen also became like a right wing nut job too. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's all over like Trump, her, Trump, yeah, Trump. After her time, you know, shilling for Jenny Craig over the years. Oh, really? That was a big thing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. right. Jenny Craig right next to the store here, and there was always a big. <laughs> so that's it for all the releases that have come to the Bay Street Video Podcast. Yep. 
All so, the notable ones. Notable ones. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. Yeah, like, you guys got uh, so many Keno vinegar syndromes. So any, we apologize if we didn't talk about the specific Keno mm. release that you love. But look up on the website. They're all yep. listed there. And, or check us out on social media. We post everything we get all mm-hmm. the time. All right. And don't forget to rate and review the Base Review Video Podcast. We should that at the end of every episode, and we never, ever do. No. <laughs> so until next week, my name is Justin McClue. And I'm Mark Anthony. <laughs> Keep on buying. Keep on renting. Tim Allen movies. (laughs) These movies and many more are available at your local video store. We have a rental for Richard Report. (laughs) Do you? Well, you cracked one open because you wanted to watch it? We've had it since 1999. (laughs) At the top of Tim Allen mania. Still littering. uh, Yeah, still like hiding out there, gathering dust in our drawers. (laughs)